We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. I am grateful to say I have an in-studio guest for the entire hour. She has a brand new book out. And I would hope and pray many of you listen to her on the weekend. She has a Saturday evening program with a guy named David James at 730 called Real Life. And her brand new book, Out, is entitled Picking Up My Shattered Pieces, Bouncing Back When Life Throws You a Curveball. Gina Pastore, welcome to the Frank Sontag Show. Well, it is so awesome to be with you. And when you asked me to do the show, remember what I said? I said, that is so sentimentally appropriate that I would be on with my husband's successor for my first book interview. So thank you. You're I'm so honored welcome. to be here. I want to say publicly, uh, I don't know about you, but there may be some tears shed here. I know I'm going to really focus on <laughs> keeping it together because... Well, yes. th- there are some people listening that it's hard to imagine, but your dear husband did this program for almost 10 years before yes. I was announced, and they may not know right. who Frank Pastore was. They may not know. So talk a little bit about your dear husband. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, if you don't know who he was, um, he sat in for 10 years doing the Frank Pastore show. He was a bigger-than-life, vivacious very educated, yet down to earth, um, a little edgy, said things that a lot of people wouldn't get away with, but he could. He was real into just wanting to give you the truth and reality and not sugarcoat it and all that. So um, just a, a great, great guy, if I do say so myself. So, And I would add um, many things as well, but above all, me being a man, he was a man's man. He was a man's man. And yet he was a great, he was great around the ladies too. Yeah. So One yeah. lady in particular. One lady in particular. <laughs> yes. So I think it's important to some of the listeners to give a little bit of background. And then obviously we want to talk about your incredible book that is finally here. It, it, yes. I started in 2015. So thankfully it's here now. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So Frank did this program for 10 years and yet. Needless to say, before Frank did the Frank Pastore show, he and a lovely woman named Gina, you, you kind of knew each other before he took over this <laughs> over this radio program. Yeah, well, try not to give too much away because I spill it all out in the book. But I literally met him when I was 11 years old, and he was a much older man of 15. He came walking in the house, and I was sitting in the family room uh, with a TV tray. Remember those? Mm, I do. Doing my homework. And this guy came in and started talking to my brother. He was a friend of my brother's. And I don't know what it was. I was just captivated with him. He just had this 
bigger-than-life personality. I was not romantically inclined. I was not hormonal at 11. I just thought, wow, that guy is something else. And so um, it's a long story, which I wrote about, Mm -hmm. but he, um, he had my heart at 11. And then I went on my first date with him when he was 15 and he was uh, 19. And my parents... What did you guys do on the date? (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to ask that. I I didn't know I was, but I want to know. Well, he asked my parents if he could take me out and they knew him. He was a friend of the family. And they said, okay, Frankie, we'll let you take her out. Because they had told me I couldn't date till I was 16. So it, it was literally my 15th birthday. It was Thanksgiving Day also. And he came over for dinner and then we went out and we were going to go to the movies. But back then there were small movie theaters. Okay. So there was a a triplex in Montclair and there were three movies, Bambi, Shampoo, the movie with Warren Beatty and Julie Christie. And a third movie that I, I think was a documentary. We had neither one of us had any interest in it. And so he said, well, obviously we're going to go see Bambi. And I was trying to act cool because I'm out with this 19-year-old guy. I'm like, no, let's go see Shampoo. Yeah. And I was kind of shy. So I was kind of surprised at myself. But I thought, I am not going on my first date and seeing Bambi. So we walked into the theater and saw uh, Shampoo. That was our date. And oh, then we- so he went with it. He did. Wow. He did. What a guy. <laughs> he didn't really have a choice. Yeah. So then we went out for coffee to a little, uh, it was called Alfie's Diner in Upland, and uh, which is our hometown. And we sat there, this 15-year-old girl and this 19-year-old guy who I, I had a mad crush on him, and he did have a little crush on me. He, it took him a while to admit it because he felt bad because I was so young and he was playing baseball. He was in the minor leagues, but he was a man of the world. And we sat there and talked, and that began our relationship. It wasn't the movie. It was the talking. Um, we just had this connection, and we, we could talk and talk and talk and listen to each other, and that would rem- it would remain that way for 35 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Gina Pastore is my guest. Her brand-new book is called Picking Up My Shattered Pieces. Now, there is, for those of you that may not know, Frank wrote a powerful book about his life called Shattered. And that is part of the way in which Gina's book is called Picking Up My Shattered Pieces. It's available on Amazon. We're going to talk a bit more about the book. But a couple of other questions I think that that I want to throw your way in. Maybe we'll ask the listeners to call. I'm praying about that and just maybe say hi and sure, that'd be fun. share some thoughts. But so let's talk a little bit about your then boyfriend becoming your husband, a major league baseball player who was an atheist. Let's talk about faith. Yeah, and interestingly, even though he was an, an atheist, he always went to baseball chapel. And and I we, we were both Catholic. I was raised very Catholic. So I want, you know, went to church every Sunday when he was on the road. I went with one of my another baseball wife, Jackie Oster. And he always went. And so I knew that he had doubts about God, but he still went to baseball chapel. He was a good guy. And that's what good guys did, you know. So um, he, 
you know, at that point, I don't remember him being too um, too much of a uh, skeptic, really, because we never really talked about it a whole lot. That sort of came later when he when he got hit with a pitch. And if you read Shattered, you'll hear his whole story. But um, he had a very radical conversion to Christ. And um, yeah. What what was your initial about, question? About I'm babbling on here. <laughs> it's going wonderfully. <laughs> no, just about faith and about going from boyfriend, girlfriend to being a husband, a guy, major league baseball pitcher who, let's just say, yeah. he wasn't walking with the Lord and what that right. was like. And so I was terrified. You can imagine I was 17 years old when he went to the big leagues. And now um, there's a big difference between the minor leagues to the major leagues. And one of the differences is women and they're there in the minor leagues too but in the major leagues you have for instance charlie's angels were at the game regularly some of the cast you really? know cheryl ladd and yes oh my goodness so now the the ante is up you know um it's one thing that your husband may fool around but now you know when you have major actresses models beautiful women um scoping out your man it's a different story so i was 17 and he was madly in love with me but i was insecure and so i worried like oh my gosh what if you know they make a play for him and he runs off with somebody so i had that pressure going on so from the outside some may have thought wow they have it all he's a pro baseball pitcher and well they've got their whole lives ahead of them and yet we're we're fragile we've got all sorts of stuff we are and when you're 17 and you're not quite walking with the lord yet and your husband's not really walking with the lord yeah those temptations are very real so that was interesting plus just the pressure you uh, being in the major leagues of course now you're famous <laughs> and people know who you are and that can kind of go to your head and you can get caught up in that and so we did we you know, first thing we had to do is go buy ourselves a Cadillac, you know. Of course. So I'm 17 years old driving this big brown Cadillac. And, of course, we had to have a license plate that said Reds 35 on the back. <laughs> so, um, which I still, we still get, you know, I've been teased over the years by the other baseball players about that. So, but, yeah. So we got really caught up in the whole thing. And yet... I vividly remember at times both of us saying, gosh, there seems to be something missing, something. But what was really missing was a person of the person of Jesus Christ. So even though I was Catholic and I knew about Jesus, um, I hadn't committed my life to him and Frank hadn't either. So that was a key moment when Frank was hit with a pitch he was forced to hang out. He loved telling the stories. He was forced to hang out with the Christians um, because, and and not because they were Christians. I just kind of was taking notes of who was out and about on the road trips and who was not out and about. So I was like, you know, I, I actually made a list and told him who he could hang out with and who I did not want him hanging out with. So he was real funny about it. But he ended up hanging out by default with all the born-again Christians on the team. And, of course, he was bombasting them with questions, as only Frank Pastore could. 
and they were like, well, well, we'll get, we'll get an answer. We'll get back to you. So that what they did is they went and got the baseball chapel leader, Wendell Deo, mm-hmm. who we didn't know at the time. Wendell was a very, had a very high up leadership position with athletes in action, an arm of Campus Crusade for Christ. So Wendell just played it perfectly, just you know, didn't try to get in Frank's face as Frank would ask the questions. Wendell would just be like, well, can we get together and talk about that? That's a really good question. And so Frank developed this relationship with Wendell Deo and that ended up um, having a very good result, you know, (laughs) a very good result. (laughs) Gina Pastore is my guest picking up my shattered pieces, bouncing back when life throws you a curveball as a brand new book. June the 4th, 1984, Steve Sachs hit a line drive back to the mound and hit your husband's arm. And that began his walk of, well, what's my life about? Yes. And as you said, and I, I remember Frank so many times saying, yeah, the Christians just, they came alongside and prayed for me and no oh, brother. And yet, yeah, obviously... That was the start of him eventually surrendering to Jesus. Yes, it was. And um, the book he was, Wendell gave him three books, but the book that got him was the last one he read, which was um, The Evidence Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell, which looks like an encyclopedia, by the way. Sure and does. only my husband, you know, at 20 some years old would probably dig into that. But, anyways, chapter seven Liar, Lunatic, or Lord. And Frank, I I wasn't there, but he told me the story many times. He just, that hit him over the head because Jesus was either a liar, he was either crazy, a lunatic, or he was who he said he was. So it all just kind of came together and Frank was like, he is the Lord and I am going to give my life to him. Now, and I don't know, there may be people out there who may relate to me in this, but I was not happy. I was not happy. I was very upset about it. And my, why? I, why? And I, I know. And, but, Good but, question. but we have obvious insights into the whys, but just to hear you share, I think there are some right. listening right now that would greatly benefit by going, right. okay, I get that. That's a great question. I was raised Catholic. I knew and loved Jesus. Why? I believe totally in the spiritual realm. My eyes were covered. And so it went against my human nature. It threatened me. Now, my, you know, my husband was zealous for the Lord. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm first. So it was selfishness. Sure. Being threatened, jealousy. <laughs> um, we, and I talk about this in my book, we uh, viewed some porn and we got our monthly subscription to Playboy magazine. So um, I'm very, I'm going to be very open in my book, by the way, because I have a thing about fake Christianity. Oh, but boy. anyways, so you would say, well, why were you upset? Your husband is now turning this page and he's going to follow Jesus and, you know, become an even better person. But those are the reasons why I was threatened. And the first thing I remember saying to him was, you are not going to become a Jesus freak, are you? And um, and he said something like, yes, I am. I'm freakish. You know, he was just very <laughs> bold. So every time the um, he'd do an interview after the game or whatever, there was a microphone around. He wanted to talk about Jesus. And I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. Mm. Yeah. 
Gina Pastore is my guest. Triple eight fifty two talks is the number to call into the program. Eight 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 five two eight twenty five fifty seven. Again, Gina's brand new book is picking up my shattered pieces. So you're threatened. It's kind of like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine on some level it was like, okay, I married this Frank Pastore who I knew and fell in love with, and now this guy's coming home talking about Jesus is his everything. Right, right. What's going to happen? What's he going to turn into? Right. Have I lost my Frank in a matter of speaking? Well, and interestingly, he was saying things to me like, Gina, I love you more than ever. I am. I want our marriage to be awesome. <laughs> he was saying all this and I was still upset. So I literally went into the kingdom kicking and screaming. Shame on me. You know, like I was doing God some big favor. But what ended up getting to me was he started, you know, pestering me about going to Bible studies. And at first I would not go. Um, I'm very close friends with Susan Hume, the wife of Tom Hume, and they were Christians and they would often host barbecues and Bible studies. And I didn't go. I'd say, no, I'm going to go to the mall. I mean, that's how stubborn I was being. So finally I broke down and started going and I started hearing scriptures and thinking, gee, this is really good. And of course, I was familiar with it. I had been raised Catholic. And I'm not trying to make a distinction because I know wonderful Catholics that know the Lord. I just didn't in that way. So I started going. Wendell, Mr. Wendell Dale got a hold of me. And I at times wanted to punch him in the face because <laughs> he would just ask me questions. And I would get so frustrated. But anyways, I finally... The Lord broke down my barriers and I gave my life over to Jesus. And it's the best thing I ever did. And I literally sometimes I'll just stop and think that my husband was the one who brought me into the kingdom. Mm. And I'm so thankful for that. Because of that, I'm going to see him again. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Gina Pastore is my guest. We've got a few minutes. Um, I want to talk Oh, I want to talk about, and again, there's people listening right now. I'm sure there's scores of people that, that, that still think about Frank and my goodness, miss him greatly. Um, pro baseball player for the Cincinnati big red machine. And it had this incident in 84 with the Dodgers and kind of changed directions. And he decided to really pursue the Lord. And yet there are probably some people that that don't know that Frank did go home to the Lord. And it's hard to imagine. It's been more than five years. There are. I still get fan mail for uh, baseball, you know, people wanting his card signed and things like that. And somehow they track our address down over the years. And I still receive those. So there are some people that still don't know. And in, in a strange way, that that feels good because I feel like his persona is still alive. And so... In a strange way, that makes me feel good. Mm. And, of course, he is still alive. He's just changed doubt. locations. Without a <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. Let's kind of get into a a difficult part of the conversation, but okay. something that you have, you've endured and gone through, and that is losing your husband unexpectedly. And your ministry, maybe early on, you didn't know, but in some ways, I think God was preparing you in part for a ministry and sharing about grief and how we can right. persevere and get through that. So, 
Well, first, I just want to say, yes, God, what, now I realize when I look back, I was actually in a program um, right before Frank's accident to become a, um, it's a pastoral counseling program through Loyola Marymount. I'm an evangelical, but it's a Catholic university. And the bent on it is dealing with people going through transitions, because that's when people come for pastoral counseling. And it was a very heavy program. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, gosh, this is really heavy. I don't know about this. Well, I was in the program for three months, and boom, my husband was in an accident, in a coma, and then died. I dropped out of the program which I've re-entered now. I'm in year, finishing up year two. I have one more year. So I totally see how God was calling me to this and preparing me. And um, it's been a very long journey. I have learned a lot about grief. For instance, people will say things like, and, and we all make these mistakes. So I now enjoy teaching people how to handle these things. But they'll say things like, You'll get over it. The truth is you never get over it. It is my husband, and I don't want to get over him. Now, what they really mean is you will get through it. Mm -hmm. So language is important because when people would say things, you know, the wrong way, it just irks you when you're going through it. You're in this deep personal pain, and it comes across insensitive. So um, very important that you're careful about what you say to a grieving person. But anyways, I've learned that it's a very long journey and you have to deal with the pain and you can't stuff it. For instance, if you do stuff it, um, you can end up with all kinds of physical ailments. You can turn to drugs, alcohol, um, a bunch of other things. So it's very important that you deal with it head on, no matter how painful it is. So that's part of what I do now. I, I regularly meet with widows and people going through terrible losses and try to help them through it. And I'm excited that I'm getting further trained in this also. Yeah. One of the other things I want to ask you about the grieving process, and I know that we're good intended, but some of us just want to come alongside and... In any, any response, I'd be interested. We go from saying things like, I'm sorry for your loss, and then all of a sudden we flip it on our loss. We go to uh-huh. what we've been through. Yeah. And so I want to ask, what are some of the things we can do to honor and validate someone that's going through a loss? Well, the reason you do that, you want to let them know, is because you want the person to know, I can empathize with you. And that is important. But be careful that, for instance, after Frank passed away, um, I had someone come up to me. I'm just remembering this right now off the top of my head. And the lady said, oh, I know how you feel. I lost my 90-year-old dad. (laughs) Now, (laughs) (laughs) I lost my dad, too. I lost my dad 13 years ago. He was 77. He had dementia. And it was horrible. And I missed him. I still miss my dad. But let me tell you, it's nothing like losing your spouse um, tragically, you know, quickly, too. And there there, you know, there's so many caveats to how a person dies and how you grieve and all that. 
So be careful of that. Don't go up to someone who's lost a child or a spouse or and say, I know how you feel. My dog died. But people do things like that. I hear these stories all the time. So that's important to be careful of. Not, not to really spend a lot of time on this, but I know sometimes we, we throw scripture out there. Oh, just yeah. read scripture and yeah. God will reveal himself, which is true. Right. But what about just saying, I'm sorry, and just yes. learn to be silent and just be with somebody? I, I will tell you this. I sat with my pastor several times after Frank died. My pastor, David Rosales, total, one of the great Bible teachers here in Southern California, if not the whole United States. I just think very highly of him. That man never quoted one verse. He and his wife sat with me and cried. That's what they did. And that's what I needed. And that that's an important thing. People wanting to give you Bible verses, it, it comes off like a platitude. And you just, even though they're dear, I love the word of God. And it ministered to me greatly when, you know, all through Frank's tragedy, that's not a good idea to just go up to someone and quote a Bible verse. Or I actually had, <laughs> I actually had someone say to me, you shouldn't be crying. You should be happy. He's with the Lord. Oh now, I know he's with the Lord, and I I was happy for him, and I had those thoughts, but I was in intense grief. And there's, there is a scientific method to grief. We're human beings. Dogs grieve. We grieve when things that were close that are close to our soul are no longer there. We miss them. So very important things to remember. Gina Pastore is my guest. Triple eight fifty two talks, triple eight five two eight two five five seven are the new phone numbers to the program. Triple eight five two eight twenty five fifty seven. If you want to call in, ask Gina a question, or just share something, we may take calls in a little bit, so we'd be grateful to hear from you as well. I want to segue into and and. I've gotten to know you a great deal over the last yes. five plus years, and I've watched a part of you, one of many parts, kind of emerge out of this tragedy. Yeah. And so I want to talk about Gina Pastore okay. for a little bit. Okay. And first of all, your foray into radio of all things. Yeah. And how that happened and talk about your Saturday night show with, with Dave and, and real life and then... Obviously, we want to talk more about the book, but radio, Gina, did you always know? No. In fact, Frank would ask me to go on once a year on the anniversary show. I did it one time, and I said, I will never do it again. <laughs> so, uh, my co-host, Dave, regularly jokes that Frank's going to kick his butt when he gets to heaven because I'm on the air now. Yeah. But again, I was very comfortable um, and I'm going to say a nasty word. I was a housewife. Okay. I liked taking care of my family. I just did. And I still wish I could just do that again, but I can't. So, um, I never in a million years thought I would be doing a radio show. Um, when I was a young girl and I write about this in the book, I did um, mass lecturing and I did plays. And so apparently I had that laying dormant in me. Um, but yeah, I just 
that was the furthest thing from my mind. So after Frank's accident, he passed away. There was a huge outpouring here with the KKLA listeners. And um, the station asked me if I'd be interested in doing a Saturday show to minister to people going through loss. And my first response was no. (laughs) (laughs) And I left and I began to feel convicted because I was asked to speak numerous times while Frank was doing the show. And, of course, Frank wanted me to do some radio with him, and I said no. And I got in my car, and I left the station, was driving on the 210, and I heard the Lord say, you always say no. And that convicted me. So I stopped at a light, and I had heard the Lord say that to me, and I looked up, and there was this um, hawk, I believe it was a hawk, flying, and it was just being uh it was just coasting along and being lifted by the air and the wind current and i felt the lord say i i will be there for you i will i will help you with this so when i got home i think i got on my email and emailed bob hastings and said okay i i will think about it so and how long has it been? How many years have you done? We have now? been on the air for 4 years. Oh I know. I can't believe it. From then until now, are, are you starting to like it? I, you know what? I do. I really do like it. And what I like about it is I like people and I like ministering to people. And I like the little bent we have. Um, the show's called Real Life. And so we cover the things that people don't want to talk about. Loss, grief, jealousy, dysfunctional relationships. Dr. Mark Baker comes on. We have him as a regular guest. Um And I love doing shows on finding purpose in your pain. Um, We have lots of guests that come on. In fact, I had the Barracks on last week. We talked about their tragedy. They were hit in a head-on collision. Their uh, 13, 14-year-old daughter at the time had a traumatic brain injury, was told she wouldn't even make it. She goes around the country now sharing the gospel. I love sharing those stories. Um, We we cover dealing with unforgiveness, bitterness. We talk a lot about not bearing this crap in your soul because it will come back and bite you, you know? So um, we even talk about the baseball life, which is Dave's favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) We've had Carolyn Rose, our big big claim to fame is we had Pete Rose's first wife, Carolyn, on, and that was a hoot. She she covered divorce because she went through a nasty divorce mm. and how it broke her as a person. But she's doing fabulous now. Mm. So Saturday night, 730. Yes. It's Real Life with Gina Pastore and David James. And I've kind of solicited calls. I just want to say I'm going to be selfish and not take any calls. But we've got Sue in Los Angeles. Gina wants to ask you, when Frank was playing baseball and got advice from Johnny Bench, what did Johnny Bench share with your husband? Well, it was... Frank's first season, and he was um, becoming a quick rising star. He was pitching awesome. He had a hopping curveball and all that. Pitched the Reds into the um, playoffs that year. This was 1979. And uh, was doing interviews after the game. They All the reporters come around, and Frank, you know, it's like you're holding court. They're all asking you questions. And so Johnny Bench is on the other end of the clubhouse, Um, you know, probably getting dressed and all that. And he's watching this kid (laughs) 
this young pitcher who thinks he's tough stuff. So after everything quiets down, he goes, kid, come here. For, for some reason, the older ball players. well, it was the end of the big red machine. So you had Seaver, all the, you know, sure. Bench, Joe Morgan, you had all the superstars. So Frank, here he is, 21 years old, he's a kid to them. So Johnny Bench says, kid, come here. So Frank jumps up, goes over. The great Johnny Bench is going to say something to him. And he goes, you know, kid, remember something. It's harder to stay here than it is to get here. Mm -hmm. Frank's thinking, I know, and that's not going to be fun. Because there's so much pressure, especially for a pitcher when you're on a roll. Anyways, so, and he says, and don't ever forget, kid, you're only one pitch away from humility. So... Johnny Bench didn't know it at the time, but that has become a famous tagline now um, through my husband's ministry. And, of course, I'll carry it on in my book. So, yeah. Speaking of your book. Yes. How did a book transpire? And (laughs) obviously we need to talk about a guy named Mike Yorkie a little bit. Yes. We have something else in common, Mr. Sontag. Um, You know, right after Frank died, uh, I got an email from a publisher suggesting that I write a book saying that, you know, your husband did shatter. They, this person had a vision for it already. I was in no frame of mind to write a book. I was steeped in grief. I was uh, going to grief counseling. My counselor had mentioned to me, don't make any major decisions for a year, which was very wise counsel. So I just deleted the email. So fast forward now, Two years later, I'm with my co-host, David James, and we go up to an event. One of our sponsors, Berglund and Johnson, our wonderful sponsors here on KKLA. We go to the event, and I see Dave Berglund. Have you ever met Dave Berglund? Oh, sure. I love, I love him. Yep. Yep. So I hadn't seen him in a very long time, and I walk over to him, and I'm thinking, I don't even know if he'll remember me. So I walk over, and I said, Dave hi, do you remember me? And he goes, of course I do. And I'm mad at you. So it got my attention. He has those piercing blue eyes. And I said, you know, I'm looking at him like you're mad at me. And he goes, why haven't you written a book yet, young lady? Your story needs to be told. Mm -hmm. So Dave and I left the event and I said, Dave, do you think I should write a book? And Dave, of course, Dave, yes, absolutely. You know, So then, I don't know, maybe a week later, I ran into you here at the station. And, of course, your wonderful book was out, which I loved reading. And I remember just loving the style of Mike Yorkie. And I told you, and you said, oh, my gosh, you will love Mike. So I think I went home that day and emailed Mike, and he got right back to me, and we connected. And voila, (laughs) picking up the shattered pieces is here. Here it is, the brand-new book. Forward by Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager. Dennis yes. is a man that loved your hubby a lot. Yeah. And you see him every day in yeah. the studio. And- I really prayed over that. Who, uh, you know, who would do the forward? And Dennis, you know, I felt like the Lord kept prompting me. Dennis Prager, Dennis Prager. Mentioned it to my kids. They both were like, yeah, Mom. Yeah. So I um, approached him with the idea and... He was teary-eyed and just absolutely honored. So, yeah, he did it. And I I love it. And then, of course, um, Frank mentored a young man in the 
who was in the minor leagues when Frank was alive, Stephen Wright. He's now in the major leagues. And um, I asked Stephen to do the afterword, and he agreed. So so I feel very blessed with mm. both of, both my men. Yes. Gina's brand-new book, Picking Up My Shattered Pieces. We have about five minutes. What would you like to share with the listeners about your brand-new book? Oh, man. It's such a long journey, and... Um, I think the caveat to the whole book and how it really comes together is how the only thing, now I'm getting choked up. I hadn't gotten choked up all day. Uh, the only thing that really will sustain you through life and through the ups and downs, and it doesn't have to be a major tragedy. It can be the loss of a job. It can be a, the loss of a relationship, a divorce, a separation. It can be a child that's turned away, you know, that's gone off doing rebellious things and you, you're pulling your hair out. I don't know. It's just life is hard. And I'm telling you, the only thing that will sustain you through this thing called life is a relationship with God, with Jesus. And I now can speak very authoritatively on that because I'm telling you, I don't know what I would have done without the Lord having gone through what I, what I went through, losing Frank. It was devastating. And, you know, my story will begin with being 11 and meeting Frank. And I, I really developed for the reader... Um, just the tremendous love and connection that we had. And hopefully I'll bring it all together that that connection was built through and on God. And, um, you, you know, we're going to go through cruddy stuff in life. We're going to go through crap. Excuse my language, but we are. And you're either going to do it by yourself or you're going to do it with God. And I challenge you to think about that long and hard because don't wait till something horrible happens. You can, you know, if that happens, that's the case and that brings you to the Lord. Great. But I highly recommend you, you get that relationship in place now because I'll tell you when I went through Frank's accident, um, I literally felt the Lord. I felt his presence. You you had a caller earlier today talking about having a relationship. How do you know you have a relationship with the Lord? It's through getting to know him, whether you're spending time alone with him, reading the scriptures, studying. It's that quality time that you you put in with Jesus and he ministers to you back. And I felt that so profoundly in my life through the accident. And even though I'm, I'm doing, you know, very well, I have, I can actually say I'm a pretty happy person. Everyone who knows me knows Dave, my co-host Dave will tell you I still cry over Frank, but I've, I'm healed and I'm doing well and I'm going to make it. I'm going to go on with my life just fine. Um, there's nothing that is more important than having that relationship in place to get you in that good spot. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. In the two minutes we have, I want to ask a question that sounds just, why are you asking that, Frank? But 
It's a question that goes like this. What's it like to have a book written now? It is, I'll be honest, it's very strange. You can probably relate. Um, people are saying, oh, this is so exciting. And it is. But it's also, in my case, it's a little bittersweet because it's the story of um, a great heartbreak that I went through. Um, I'm very candid and open in the book. And so there's a part of me that's a little nervous, you know. But I did it for the Lord and I'm offering it up to him and I'm trusting in him. So I would say it's um, there's a mixed bag of emotions involved, you know. Yeah. Gina Pastore's brand new book, Picking Up My Shattered Pieces, Bouncing Back When Life Throws You a Curveball. When I saw you last week and you were in our conference room si- signing books for all the listeners that stepped up for Cross International yes. and the yearly fundraiser we do in honor of Frank, um, I-, I was thinking, I want you to come on the show so we can talk about the book. And it came up, and I just, uh, I am beyond words as I have just watched God move through you and me and your husband. His legacy is still more vibrant and alive than ever. And I'm just humbled to say um, I love you and I'm proud of you and can't believe you got an incredible new book out. And I hope and pray all the listeners go to Amazon and get it tonight. But one way that we do know that life is good is through Jesus Christ. And I'm just grateful to call you my sister in the Lord and Thank you for what you do for so many people. Well, I want to thank you and your lovely, beautiful wife, Erin, who I get to spend time with every couple months. We meet for lunch. And you guys have just been such a tremendous support. And your friendship is invaluable to me. So I just really want to thank you. And I'm so honored that I got to do my first book interview with you. More to come. Many more to come. (laughs) (laughs) Author Gina Pastore. Picking up my shattered pieces, catch her and David James Saturday nights on KKLA at 7.30 with Real Life. Gina, thank you. We love you. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. I'd like to talk to you for a moment about ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack. But if you act now, you can protect your family today and for generations to come. Go to ChristianOutlook.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure that the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's ChristianOutlook.com. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.